Welcome to Asbury Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we talk to Frank Zarinsky, now known as DJ Frank, the man behind the Let Up Asbury Park movement, broadcasting an uplifting mix of tunes suitable to dance or sing along to, from his balcony to the quarantined people of Asbury Park. Welcome, Frank. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Welcome. We want to welcome our listeners. It's April. It's May. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. All the days are the same. So it's 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 puzzling that we're in May. Yeah. Um, and we're on Asbury Pod with your host Amy Quinn and and I'm Joe Walsh. Okay. And how was your week, Joe? Busy as usual. Um, the, you know, like I said last week. Or the last couple of weeks, you know, still happy to have a job, but you know, we're it's much harder to work from home. A lot of so that's good. Uh, you know, I like being busy, it makes the day go pretty quickly. Um, you know, I literally just left. I just disconnected from work and reconnected to this podcast. So I, you know, it's rather seamless. So you mm-hmm. know, um, and um, and I'm glad you remind everyone it's Wednesday. My, one of my favorite. Uh, I don't know if you have you guys seen the Twitter feed uh, for the. The governor, New Jersey, the state of New Jersey has a Twitter feed, not the governor's official one, but the NJ.gov or NJ.gov. It's a great Twitter feed. Yeah, but they do start the day with telling, reminding people what day it is. And that's a, that's, <laughs> a, that's a pretty good idea. And with us today, Amy, who, oh, wait, so how was your week? I didn't, you, I didn't want to. Oh, uh, my week was good. So um, I see you're on MSNBC again. You know, I thought that was going to be our big break, Joe, and NPR was going to call and throw us buckets of money and we could quit our day jobs. (laughs) Alas, NPR didn't call and Mm -hmm. I went to work today virtually, um, both for my day job and the city. I think my sister's becoming your hugest fan. She keeps texting me when she sees you on MSNBC. She's like, Amy's on MSNBC again. Well, the first time I was on MSNBC was, first of all, I'm just going to be really honest about, I, the masks don't come naturally to me, putting them on, talking with them. And, and like for channel 12 or some of the other news programs, you wear it up until when the interview starts and then you kind of move it aside so you can speak into the microphone and do your interview and provide whatever information you're trying to provide. So that of course is what I thought was going to happen with MSNBC. So I showed up with my bandana, a red bandana that I thought would look great down by my neck while I did the interview. And then I got there and they were all in masks and MSNBC's policies to, to only, you know, talk in masks, which, which was fine. Just, you know, that clearly threw me off. So 
I spent all of Sunday getting my balls busted and called Jesse James and Bazooka Joe because I kept <laughs> Dana up over my face. Yeah. Because that's what MSNBC requires you to do. And I want to give them credit. I, you know, kudos. The more people who wear these masks, the more normal they, they appear, the more natural they appear. I just have been used to having absolutely a mask on when I'm around anyone. But once I start the interview, because they're all, you know, there's a, I'm going to get the name of this wrong, but there's like a boom mic that's at least six feet away from me. So yeah. I'm always allowed to move it. Um, and that was... Um, you're not allowed to move it with MSNBC. So, um, but I will say, yeah, yeah. They make you keep it on, which is, which is totally fine. And, and now I know, but, um, okay. but the, the thing yesterday on MSNBC was so great. And I loved who got highlighted. Um, Carolyn O'Toole, who has been running the stone pony for 10 years. And, you know, we bow to the queen there. Um, that is not an easy gig and she's been doing an amazing job, including she runs the, the outside stage. So she got to talk a little bit and, she was so authentic. First of all, she didn't want to do it. So I had to call her and be like, you know, can you at least talk to these producers? If they're going to ask you questions that you don't want, then, then we'll kill it. But can you at least, you know, give it a little bit of thought? She, I thought, would like knocked it out of the ballpark in such an authentic way about how bad it is for music venues right now that there is no money coming in. There doesn't look like there's even going to be any money coming in anytime soon. And um, I just, I thought she was so um, authentic and great on camera and just really describing the devastation of music venues, which are likely the last to come back because let's be honest, I'm going to go to dinner again, unequivocally. I miss that tremendously, but I'm not going to a concert. I'm not standing around 300 people. Yeah. So it's she was great. And then Ryan, so Ryan didn't want to do it, but I, but I, so I got Ryan from uh, the great Ryan the from tides, Hotel right? Tide, Ryan yeah. Jimenez from the tides. He's been running the tides also like 10 plus years. And I couldn't bear to have as much as I love the Asbury. I just felt like we really needed to highlight the places that have been here a long time. And that, you know, really kind of represent um, Asbury and then Frank's and they highlighted Frank. So like, oh, I just thought we hit it out of the ballpark with the representation. Great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was really happy about it. So who do we have today, Amy? We're, we're continuing our, our, our quick turnaround series on the coronavirus and its impact on uh, Asbury Park in Monmouth County. And, and we are, and, and um, well, I, I didn't want to answer the question I asked you. So who, 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 who are we talking to today? So we are talking to Frank, who is killing it over at Monroe Towers, where my friend Corita lives. So she <laughs> was giving me updates when this was initially starting um, with all that you're doing at the towers. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, Frank, who you work for, that kind of stuff. And well, then we'll, this is a, well, to clarify for the people from outside of Asbury, so Frank Zerinsky is, uh, is, 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 did you initiate this, Frank? Was this your idea, the light up Asbury Park? It was, a, it was a group effort, and I thank you guys all for having me. I appreciate this. It's so nice to be involved with the community. Yeah. Uh, so it was a true group effort. Uh, I've lived in the building. Uh, I have my home in Manchester, which is, I'm very lucky, right, right next door to my parents and my crash pad in Asbury Park at Monroe <laughs> Towers, which I love. So I split my time, very, very fortunate to be able to do that. And I was here and uh, the building manager, Zaida, and the young lady that works with there, Aquina, uh, we were going to start up, and I apologize, I'm mispronouncing any names. We were all just going to step out on our balconies one night and just shine lights at the city because uh, we're one of the tallest buildings in the city. So we're just going to shine some flashlights. And I just messaged them, I'm like, hey, I'm like, 
I've got some audio gear at the studio. I can bring it over here. We could just play some music for everybody. Uh, so that's how it started. We had a few requests from the residents at the beginning. Uh, and we had uh, one speaker that uh, was at one window on one side of the building and then a tiny little Bluetooth speaker at the other side of the building. Uh, it went over so well. Uh, residents smiling, dancing, uh, cheering, uh, laughing. It was so good to see that uh, Zyda was like, hey, uh, my husband's a DJ. We can install a professional sound system in your studio, <laughs> in your apartment. And I'm like, sure. So uh, I went in the one bedroom, closed the door. They were here for about two hours and they oh installed a, a, full, a full DJ level audio setup uh, running through the building. So uh, I'm just connecting, uh, pressing play and turning on all the lights. So it's, uh, I get to do the fun part, but they set up everything logistically for us. Yeah, but you're I've, not a DJ, right? Oh, I'm not a DJ. I think the press ran at that because it sounded awesome. And the dude, Austin, interviewed me. It was so cool. Such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. Not a DJ. Uh, I'm literally pressing play. I have a, a couch photography background in real estate. Uh, but my, my, uh, my love is always music, of course. And that's how I stumbled into Asbury Park about 28 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but for right now, I'm pressing play and keeping the music going. And it's a collaborative list of uh, residents and the community in the building sending in requests. Well, people, people love it. I mean, I live on the other side of town, so I'm rarely, you do it at eight o'clock, right? On a, um, a Sunday and Wednesday nights at eight o'clock at the Monroe Towers. Um, Got it. What are, the, what are the two streets that, you know, it's funny, you live in town, I know exactly where it is, but I couldn't tell someone how to get there. What, what are the two streets between uh, both sides of, Monroe, uh, of the Monroe Towers? Uh, Summerfield and... Um, uh, I believe uh, it's Seawall and Monroe and we're a block in from Main Street. Yeah. And, you know, the residents come out, turn on the lights, and then, then the fire truck, uh, APFD comes by, APPD, like lights up the sirens. Uh, it's been pretty magical. So yeah. we keep building every week. Uh, we're doing it Sundays and Wednesdays at 8, rain or shine. And uh, when you step on, when song one comes on, there's like a couple people out there, right? Then all of a sudden by song three, like people are dancing, laughing, disco lights are on. It's yeah. just crazy what it's done to the community. Like, so we're on the 13th floor and uh, we see all these lights shining back at us and flickering. And I've even noticed that like people have changed their house lights. Like I noticed like even the house right across the street, like they take out their, their main globes and replace them with like these crazy light up disco balls to get ready for the show. So like the whole community and not just the building has been like getting involved in it. It's been pretty awesome. And that building's huge. I mean, it's it's probably one of the, if not the biggest building in Asbury Park, one of the biggest buildings. 15 stories. I feel that the Asbury Park Tower and the new tower might be the only two buildings taller. Okay. They're, they're both right by the ocean. So we're in this unique position where everybody can see us, right? So uh, people have been telling me that they can hear the music from Ocean Grove all the way past Sunset and Asbury. Like, it's, it's, been, it's been so crazy. Like... Uh, they're like, uh, we hear the music and I'm inside with my windows closed right now. And then they come outside to listen to it. And it's about 15 minutes. It's quick. It's short, sweet. Everyone gets out, dances a little bit. And then, you know, then we settle in for the night. You know, well, uh, it started out as 15 minutes and three songs. Uh, and yeah. then it got up to 20 minutes and five songs. Uh, and now it's uh, <laughs> 20 minutes plus an encore because it's pretty cool. Like people are like shouting like one more. Come on. <laughs> Look forward to this. So we're getting some chants from the crowd. So, uh, on Sunday, we had to have like a bonus, bonus encore, and uh, that that was it. So last Sunday we did eight, uh, and tonight we're going to do five. That's great. And if, if you know, if you follow, there's a hashtag on Instagram, uh, like Light Up Asbury Park, and you can see people have, you know, 
filming the outside from their porch and commenting and cheering. It's all, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's pretty awesome. And it, it's true. It's uniting the community and not just the uniting of the community. It's giving somebody something to look forward to, right? It's just a moment that's not quiet, but it's reflective and they just get to relax and, and party a little bit with their neighbors. And uh, one of the best parts about this, I've met so many awesome neighbors. I would have never had the opportunity to meet before. Like the nightest, sweetest, kindest people. Um, we've all just come together as friends and we didn't even know each other's first names previous to this. And you're lucky in the sense that one, you're in a really nice building. That building genuinely has very lovely people in it. And it's probably one of the last buildings in Asbury that has a somewhat affordable rent. Yes. Uh, I always called it like the nicest place to live in town, but also the best deal in town. Absolutely. And it was the best secret in town. Um, but, uh, it's yeah the tenants here and you hate to call them tenants like we're all just neighbors right they're all just good people and it's like people like carl chesna like all these good people i've known my whole life and now all of a sudden like we're neighbors and it's uh i've never had a true sense of community before because i kind of came from the suburbs where it's like a house you know eight houses on a block and besides for your three or four neighbors you don't really know everybody here you're you're living with at least 250 other neighbors and you really get to know them on a really cool level that i never had that opportunity before that's one of the been one of the best parts is really getting to know who we surround ourselves with and we're all just looking out for each other right now. When I moved to, I moved into this, Joe and I have known each other for years because we lived in the Santander, which is a similar building in the sense like not super high rents and certainly it wasn't 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, so the Santander was this amazing building to me because it was this microcosm of the rest of Asbury Park. So it had studios that were 400 feet, one bedrooms that were 600 feet, two bedrooms, and then pen, three penthouses that were, you know, like 3,000 feet. So years, you know, in the early 2000s, when you lived there, or up, up until like 10 years ago, maybe even five, the rents were manageable. Um, and the sense of community in that building, we used to have movie night, right? Remember, we used to do movie night in the Santander. Um, but you know, I would have, I would have spent the rest of my day, I, I would have spent the rest of my days in, in the Santander other, other before I had a, a child and we, and three dogs and we couldn't remain in our one bedroom. But, um, I, I held on to that unit because I, I hope at some point to retire because I also grew up in the burbs and that sense of community is so, so important to me. Absolutely. Uh, the day that I moved in, or probably within the first week that I moved in, a gentleman on my floor is moving out. Boy, I can't exactly remember his last name, but I believe his name was Mr. Butterworth. It did sound very similar to that, or that was. <laughs> I believe he was a resident here for, I think he said, 42 years. Like, it yeah. does feel like home, and it is home. Uh, and he was just moving within Asbury Park as well, so he's still a big part of the community. But uh, a lot of people live here are lifers, and now that I live here, I see why. Like, you you don't want to leave. Um, and it's, uh, you know, even though we're quote-unquote stuck inside right now, like, and, you know, it's a little, little crazy, a lot of stuff to navigate, but it, it's amazing to be surrounded by so many good people that are just truly looking out for each other. It's a true sense of community here. Well, Monroe Towers, I used to be able to look out my kitchen at Monroe Towers from across Asbury from the Santander. And that reminds me, like, so the Santander and Monroe are like long-term Asbury people. They were like the, we used to call them, the Santander joke was that we used to call it the Island of Misfit Toys. Like we just all had gotten washed up there, you know, like 12, 15 years ago. And, uh, uh, Monroe Towers, like everyone I know, Monroe, Monroe Towers is a lifer, right? Been there a long, long time. I don't, you know, um, 
everyone who lives there has been there for 10 years or more. Uh, so it's a similar vibe, but you know, it's might be the last place you can do that in Asbury. So, and so we had, and at the Santander Joe, right. We, we had like anything from like legit, um, sex workers who used to put um, phone books in the back door to keep, so their clientele could get in mm-hmm. to, um, you know, musicians to wait staff to, um, you know, w- uh, one of our listeners is a former, we have a couple, I think of Santander uh, listeners um, and, and a couple of them I used to, and this is going back like 15, 10 or 15 years, we used to call them the penthouse girls. Yeah. So these four gorgeous girls lived in the penthouse, Carrie Thompson, um, a whole bunch of girls lived in the penthouse and, um, and partied like rock stars. And so you would see them when you were leaving for work and they were coming in and they lived this like super glamorous, glamorous life. Um, yeah, there's so much about the Santander I miss. Having a house is so, having a house in the suburbs is, is really like death. But, you know, even having a house in, in Asbury Park, right, Joe, it's, it's different than living in a yeah. building. It's just well, I think in the Santander, maybe Monroe, Monroe Town is the same way. I felt the Santander was like, like joining a, uh, a fraternity in my 30s, <laughs> you know, because you got close to them with them all the time. And at the time, it, would be, it was a pretty drinky place. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a hundred percent building effort on that, on that, on that front. I'm sorry, my heat just turned on. So I'm in the basement. Tonight, so if it, if there's a roar coming through the, the microphone, I'm sorry. I know um, Joe and I will go up on a Santander tangent. Yeah, let's talk about Frank. I mean, we could, we could talk about ourselves all day. So uh, how long have you, you said, how long have you been in Asbury? Uh, well, Asbury's had my heart probably for most of my adult life uh, and actually young adult life. I've, our business has been here for about five years and I've, lived here like i said like i don't want to say part-time it just i split my time between here and right next to my parents in manchester uh but i've been in the building for about two and a half years now and uh i love it like uh, i'm in love actually it's kind of crazy uh, i came to my, like my first warp tour in the asbury park boardwalk when i was probably 12 or 13 years old i still like was in my weezer t-shirt and i got stuck in the fence like uh you know it was just like so music brought us here uh, and the people have kept us here uh, so we used to come to every show, places that are no longer here, like Fastlane, you name it. Uh, and just little by little, like, you know, uh, Asbury just kept drawing us here. And what really got me turned back onto the town again, my friend Carrie West, who also now lives in town and owns in town. Uh, I'd say about 13 or 12 years ago, she's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be part of the zombie walk in Asbury. I'm like, the zombie walk? Like, what's that? Like, you're going to be in the zombie walk? I'm like, uh, all right, cool. Have fun. And then I checked it out. And then like by the next year, I was a zombie myself participating, having a good time. And <laughs> before you know it, like you just meet so many good friends, like, you know, oh, that's Carl. He always hangs out on that corner, chilling mm-hmm. out while he's mm-hmm. on his work break or like, oh, that's other Carl who performs at the tides. Right. Like, and then all of a sudden you're, you're so deeply connected in your community. It just, it just feels like home. Yeah, I, I agree. Business, yeah. Frank? You uh, said your business has been here? So uh, it's Motion City Media. We've been in business for about 12 years. For the first seven years, just a, a living room business. I ran everything out of my house. Uh, and then about five years ago, we got a very small shop at the shops at the arcade on Cookman. Oh, nice. And three years ago, we took over the larger space in the back. And now we have a full studio. We mostly provide um, real estate photography services or headshots for models and agents and drone services, 3D, like anything that involves media creation, we do. And we're so lucky. We've got a talented team. Uh, seven years ago, I'm sorry, five years ago, it was just me. Uh, and now we've got almost five employees. We're going to be hiring somebody soon next week from North Carolina. 
and uh, we work with about 17 contractors. It's pretty cool. Uh, we're very lucky to be here and be around such amazing people. And I'm just going to bring up one quick thing because I'm sure you won't, but Frank's company made a huge, don made a large donation to both police, fire and EMT um, for, you know, all the amazing work they're doing, you know, just like legit sent them checks to, um, to do whatever, you know, essentially whatever they want. Yeah, with, I, I totally wouldn't have brought that up, but thank you. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. I <laughs> know it is. Said, no, but I'm you happy. Said, you know, you're like, I want to donate to police and fire. I was like, I had to call my city manager and be like, can people do that? <laughs> you know, it's all good. And you know what sparked that besides for like, it wasn't just like light up as we park. Like truly it was like the day that everybody participated, like, you know, fire trucks, EMS, police, then bug out of the car. Like that was amazing. But you know what? They're keeping us safe and, and they don't have to. And they're, they're waking up every day and putting themselves at risk and protecting us. Right. And one of the things, this isn't what totally triggered the donation, but what kind of led me to like, hey, how can I just show a little bit of extra appreciation even when, you know, money and everything's pretty tight right now. I saw an article in the press about Connie, who I don't know personally, who was an Asbury Park police officer, saw that she was fighting the illness. It just just hit it home a little bit more, you know? So it's like, even though like, you know, I feel it wasn't a huge donation, but it's what we could afford to give. And it was just a thank you because you know what? The rest of the community is doing an awesome job, like loads of food, all these good things, like Kimmy from Confections, like um, Modine, they're all really supporting the community and I can't, they don't need their house photographed right now. So I'm like, how can I give back and, and what can we do to help? So uh, we wanted to just give them something just so they could use for whatever they need, whether somebody's stressed or they need some food. Um, we just want to do that just out of just genuine gratitude. And uh, I, uh, I just, I'm just so appreciative they're doing this. Same thing with our nurses and doctors. They're not forced to go to work. Like this isn't some legal contract they're locked into. Like they didn't, they didn't sign up to quote unquote go to war they're choosing to still protect us with, you know, with their modest salary. So just to show appreciation. And also they're not working eight hours a day. Some of them are sleeping there. Right. So we wanted to make sure just every little bit helps and we're going to all get through this together. That's really what it's all about is just keeping safe. Cause you know what? Money's rough everybody right now. Like, and the reality is money, business, those things will come back. You know, it depends on if we go with the U or V back end of the day we can't replace people so we got to keep everybody safe right now and like we're around so many lovely human beings so we just want to keep them safe and if that helps out a little bit i'm glad i was able to make that offer to them you know yeah no it was amazing i much much appreciated i mean that's a great also synopsis of like the, your, your sense of asbury park community because you know um you you touched on a whole bunch of businesses that are uh, downtown local that we all know, we all know some of the names that you just mentioned and everyone seems to be pitching in equal as much as, to the, as they can. I shouldn't say equally as much as people can possibly do during this, just because, um, you know, this is a really small town in the wintertime. Like, you, just, you know, it is, there, and you do know each other. It's a very, uh, um, tight knit community in a weird, uh, in, in a weird city sense. Right. So, um, yeah, and again, um, you know, thanks for doing that. We had Connie on last week to talk about oh, her. Oh, wait, really? Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, and her experience with the illness. It's, you know, it's it's very interesting. And um, someone brought up to me before we started that you're you guys are dedicating tonight's show to Judy from. Um, yeah. So, um, Judy, like, so when I wandered into the building I'm in right now, probably eight, nine, ten years ago, before I never even had a clue I'd have like a business in Asbury Park. Like, you remember certain things, and you remember Judy. Uh, you you just you remember people's warmth, right? And uh, she is like, I don't want to just say our building mom. Like, she's the matriarch. Like, she is like the first one we see in the morning with her smile and her greeting and opening the doors and setting up the signs. Like. 
Judy is a beautiful person inside and out. She, uh, she, I should be more well-versed in speaking about her history, but from being an airline pilot and a leader and Judy is uh, somebody everybody sh should know about. Um, and Judy worked at the shops at the arcade and Judy works at Flux Modern there. Um, and uh, it's been tough because uh, she uh, fell ill a few days ago. She's in the hospital. Um, I I'm very, very happy to see that like the last few days she's been able to talk a little bit more and, Somebody today even said she picked up the phone to talk to someone. Uh, so she's making progress. She's not out of the woods yet, but we're going to help her get there. But uh, Judy, yeah, she, she fell ill, and we want her to get better and get better fast. She's just – she's somebody that inspires. She's just an amazing human being. She is. We were – so we had – right before this hit, uh, I think March 13th, or I don't know. Anyway, all the days are like one at this point. We were doing the women's convention and Judy was um, one of the people we were highlighting there because she is a pioneer in aviation, like yeah. like legit one of the first women um, who, who, who did really amazing things in aviation. Um, and she's been around for a long time, but just salt of the earth lovely. So I'm glad to hear that she picked up the phone. I, I reached... I reached out to Danielle maybe a couple days ago just to see how she was doing. So I think it's great that you're also dedicating this to her. I think that's amazing, but take us kind of through. So, so the Sundays and Wednesdays, like what is your, are you, are you all week thinking about what songs are you taking requests? Are you thinking about who you're dedicating it? Is this the first time you dedicated it? All great questions. Thank you. Uh, tonight's the first night. It was truly dedicated to an individual previously. Like we've been dedicating it to like, first responders, police, everybody that's been like helping uh, us all get through this from like uh, a labor technical standpoint. Uh, this is the first night like we dedicated to like somebody specifically and not just for Judy, for of course everybody that's fighting this right now. Uh, so this is the first night that we dedicated a song or the entire night to somebody. Uh, and in regards for a request, it's a collaborative effort. Like some weeks, so many come in, I'm like, great. Like all I have to do is work on the encore. And other weeks, only one or two come in. I'm like, all right, let's get to work. Let's set aside two hours. And, you know, like I, I truly believe in how you do one thing is how you do everything. So however you represent yourself, you got to represent yourself at its best whenever possible. Uh, so I can't just pick five random songs. They have to mean something. It has to be good flow. I do a sound check. I listen to all five or all seven in a row. Uh, and that's how it comes together. So mostly they come from residents. Um, I, I do a live stream on Facebook uh, every time uh, we can. Uh, it's obviously I don't own the songs, right? Uh, but so due to copyright issues, sometimes I get silenced. Um, or at the end, I get away with the whole broadcast and I get a million messages on Facebook saying, your video is banned in Canada, your video is banned in Japan, your video is banned here. Uh, oh but we can God. usually get all the songs through. It's pretty funny. Um, but it's a collaborative effort. So we always look for the residents uh, and the community's um, requests first. Um, and we've incorporated a ton. I'd say like, some weeks it's 100% residents and other weeks um, I'm picking four out of the five. It just depends how many requests we get. And the biggest thing is we're, we're honoring everybody's, but we kind of want stuff that makes people feel good, gets people dancing or smiling or just something that evokes that emotion that's going to help you carry through this, you know? Is there a request that comes up uh, repeatedly? Like is there the same song gets requested all the time or have you noticed? You know, at the beginning there was a lot of similarities. Like we are the world, like a lot of the stuff that you hear that usually comes up quite a bit. But no, the requests have been awesome. And I, even I was like, what's crazy is like, so many people know my first name. And I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? Good to meet you. And they're like, Frank, ZZ Top, let's hear it. And I'm like, okay, you got it. You know, like, so I'm getting requests in the parking garage, online, you know, it's, 
pretty cool. Like it's, uh, I'm never a spotlight person. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. I'm just walking through town and people are giving me requests, but I love it. And, uh, my, uh, my memory is not always the best. So I immediately write it down. So I get it on a future set list. Well, I think you've become the most second most famous Frank in Asbury and the other one's a building. So that's a good job. You know? <laughs> All right, <I'm> not <laughs> that's great. I love that. Um, Amy. You, yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to ask a couple, couple of questions that we got. So, so you're, you're getting the request just so I understand you're getting the request in, you're putting the playlist together. You're V you know, is there like when you veto songs, is it, I, I hate this song or this doesn't really go with the theme. You know, I'm not going to lie, like, we've not had a veto anything. There might be a, you know, if something's like, obviously we're broadcasting the whole town, so even though, like, I'm not concerned with, like, a uh, little bit of language that's a little bit crazy, but uh, we might have to find, like, a radio edit or something like that because kids are out there dancing with their parents as well. Uh, but, no, we've not had a veto anything. We just, like, sometimes if there's an artist and the song might not be great, so maybe we'll, like, try to find a, a different song from the artist that they might love. Um, but no, we've, we've had some great stuff. Like, uh, there's some that go over huge. Like I love going out there. Like, I know this sounds ridiculous, but like, you got to keep tabs on TikTok, right? You got to see like what all the kids are listening to right now. So I'll play some TikTok songs. They'll go a little wild. Uh, Lizzo goes over huge. Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, so it's, it's really like, uh, listen, we want people to feel good, right? Like it's all about like the emotion we're evoking in them. So we want to, we want to give them something to look forward to a couple times a week, and then that hopefully carries on to the rest of their night or the next day, and then before we know it, it's Sunday or Wednesday again. So my friends can hear it. Well, Jan can hear it, Joe, on four, mm -hmm. and then I think I have friends that can hear it on second, but I don't hear it down here on third. Do you? I don't hear it, no. Okay. No, I don't. It depends. Like, um, my friend Carrie, she's on fourth. Two block a block in from the lanes, and she hears it inside with her windows closed. So it depends <laughs> on like you know what's happening too. It's probably bouncing off right. like the oceanfront uh, building and bouncing back to certain people as well. Because like even for like some residents, they're like, "Are you broadcasting from the school?" I'm like, "No, but it's bouncing off the school and then coming back at you." So it really right. depends because uh, I have friends on Sunset that hear and they're even like, "Frank, can you see my light?" I'm like, "Probably." So like, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's people here from pretty far away. And again, I had somebody private message me, um, all the way from ocean Grove, they hear, which was pretty crazy to hear that. Huh. I think you're on, if, if you're on that side of the tracks, I think you can, it, the sound travels a long way. Cause you know, Amy, when we live in the sand header, I could hear all the stone pony summer stage and you know, I don't know how, you know, and that's pretty far away. When, I will also say like one of the a summer that I had to deal with complaints all the time was when the Asbury did the um, rooftop bar with music and it was like torturous. And I, you know, you have to do a crash course on sound because I have people complaining three blocks away and I'm like, how the hell can you hear that? Um, and not only are they complaining, you know, they're taping it and then sending it to me at like, you know, 12, 12 in the morning. Um, so yeah, that's interesting about the sound because when I, I figured fourth Ave, that made sense to me. But when a friend of mine said she heard it on second, I was like, okay, all right. Wow. Yeah. So it travels. Also like, I love like uh, just the, the logistics and science beyond things. There's some nights when it's, when it's foggy or not foggy, that also affects how long the sound is going to travel as well. So like if it's a rainy right. night or a clear night, I'm noticing cloud cover. Like it's crazy. Like how the sound is like getting further some nights and other nights, uh, you're becoming you're becoming like a musical meteorologist. They're like, oh, it's like, oh, this is gonna carry. My uh, my alter my alter ego at my last company I worked for was Frank Storm. I love like weather and all that that stuff. So like, uh, 
works out well because I was like, do we cancel when it rains? I'm like, nah, like rain can't stop us. If it's something unsafe like a thunderstorm, of course, we're going to postpone it. But uh, people look forward to it. So I don't want to take that away from them just because it's going to rain out a little bit. And why did you pick Sundays and Wednesdays? Uh, just uh, I believe in having a system and a process for everything. So I was just like, all right, like let's pick two days that everybody can look forward to. Because at some point it's like people are like, oh, do it every night. And I'm like, all right, that might be logistically not possible. One day a week I feel wouldn't be enough. So I just wanted two nights that I know would be like consistently work. We usually have a bigger turnout on Sunday. And then Wednesday is like, all right, week's almost over. We're getting there. And Friday and Saturdays, even though we're all not really out right now, that's time that more people are just hanging at home or enjoying dinner. We didn't, we wanted it to be something welcome, not something that people are like, oh, the music's going to start. Like people are like, can't wait. The music's going to start. That's why we kind of chose those two nights just to have them far enough apart, but nights that would not be disruptive and instead would be like inclusive in their evenings. Yeah, Amy, I think the issue with the Asbury's is that the, the music they were playing at the rooftop was like 11 p.m., 12, 12 you know, midnight. Well, there were so many issues with yeah. it. So, many so this is different. Like, I, I agree. This it seems like a welcome, like a, like a, 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 a timekeeping Sunday, eight, Wednesday, eight. Okay, another yeah. week down, right? That's great. Yeah. And also, you have a number of kids in that building because I have a number of kids that go to my kids' school from that building who I know look for. Like, I know Karita's son, JJ, looks forward to it. Um, there's several kids in that building that um, have communicated to me that they look forward to this. And I also think really in this pandemic, like, I, and, and I know we talked about it like today's Wednesday, like I, ha I do these graphs where I say, uh, I, I talk about the cases in Asbury Park and, uh, and Monmouth County. And I, today, I don't know why, but I had to check two or three times to be like, is it Wednesday? Wednesday. So I love that it's set days that. So you got to follow the governor. Like you got to follow the, the governor's Twitter. <laughs> uh, clear. Yeah. I need, well, I, I follow the governor's Twitter, but I need it to be, I need to send it. So it's notified to my phone because it doesn't, um, the, it, it throws me off. Like Heather and I try to eat out a couple of days a week, like takeout to support the local restaurants. And inevitably we forget to, you know, Tuesdays, a lot of local restaurants aren't open. That's, that's kind of the day they close. And, and that, whatever, I, I say all that to say my days are, my days continuously, continuously get confused. I revolve like my weekly schedule around the day that Pasta Volo is not open. So I know what day <laughs> it is based on the days that I can't get fresh. And coffee. I feel like that's a Monday, not a Tuesday, isn't it? It's a uh, Sunday and Monday for their Asbury location. But I think, uh, I can't speak on behalf of them, but I know they're looking to expand that. Uh, okay. But Sunday and Monday is when they're closed in Asbury Park. And I got to say, they're killing it. And just so everybody knows, talk is coming back tomorrow. Yep. So that's, Friday, that's right? exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And somebody else is coming back online. I'm forgetting who. Friday. Who is? Uh, Pascal and Sabine, I believe, comes back Friday. Well, and Tulu is okay. already back. Tulu's came back this week, right? Yep. Or totally. last week. We got, and uh, Shanti and Steve, both amazing people. You know, what? we're all working as a community. And you know what I love seeing? Seeing these local businesses step up. And they're not putting profits first. They're putting their community first, their employees first. They're doing everything they possibly can. Of course, there's limitations. Like, we still need funds to keep operating, and we need to be able to do it legally and safe. But, they, like, even from, like, week one, Modine was like, hey, what do we do to help out the community, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, it's all about how we pivoted. And I don't know this exact quote, but, like, Mark Cuban said something to the effect, like, how businesses are reacting and treating people right now and, and helping their community is how people are going to make their decisions for like the next 10 years. They're going to see the ones that are like broadcasting, like buy our stuff, raising prices. 
and they're going to remember the ones that uh, took a really gentle community-based approach. And I know that's what I'm going to be doing as well, because so many of us small business owners, like they're really like, they stepped up for the community. They were already awesome in town, but you really see what they're doing and it's helping so many. It's so valuable. And uh, it, it's truly the most important part about all this is uniting everybody together. Cause I know these quotes are out there about we're all in a different storm, but they're helping the storms that we're all guiding ourselves through right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think also like from just from like, and I'm only speaking for me and not speaking for the rest of the council, like um, being able to create some initiatives that make like some people's lives easier is, is way more rewarding in a pandemic than normally. So we just started, a, a, we have about twenty dollars to $25,000 that goes to Lyft and Uber to take people to the grocery store who can't get to the grocery store, take people to get um, uh, their doctor's appointments, you know, and as far as I know, there's not another town doing that. And the, um, and, you know, after, you know, lots of conversations with the VNA because people were being sent out of Asbury um, to test, which then, you know, puts risk on cabs and lifts and Ubers and all of that. Um, having the rapid testing in Asbury, both of these programs started last week. Um, and they're not like programs that you can immediately do, you know, they're programs that require some thinking through and funding and, and figuring it out. So, um, I think from the city's perspective as well, attempting, you know, following the lead also of the businesses, but, um, and the residents here to continuously try to make people's lives easier is, um, is certainly what we're trying to do. You're providing a solution that they need and that they can't arrange themselves. It's, it's such important work. I want to give a shout out to Medusa. Like we talk about the restaurants that are coming back online, but Medusa never closed and they've been crushing it Mm -hmm. in terms of curbside service and pickup. And, um, in fact, they're hiring, they posted a job for another pizza maker. Like they're exp- like, in other words, they're creating a job during this because they've, they've been trying to, um, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, people are buying local and they're, and, they're, and they're pumping out a lot of quality food. So kudos to the restaurant community. Like everyone is like, let's, you know, do this Grand Tavern over, I mean, I guess not in Asbury, but, you know, they're also doing stuff too. So it's really, you know, trying to make the best of an awful situation. Like every small business really breaks my heart, like, you know, uh, that how much work goes into a small business and like, you know, a calamity, like, you know, act of God comes and shuts it down and people are still able to put, you know, put one foot in the front of the other and try to make it work. So, you know, kudos to all those, the business owners, like trying to make, you know, get something, you know, make something out of really nothing. It's a difficult time. So. It, it, it's all about the pivot. So like yeah. my, uh, my community hang connection spot is Cafe Volan and yeah. Uh, made in coffee they supply like all the roasting and uh so i always see the owner of um medusa there she you know she comes in all the freaking time so always saying hi and you know just a good human being right now i'm pretty sure that medusa is baking the bread for the avocado toast at cafe volan to keep their full menu going because they've also now doing curbside pickup and seven days a week and uh the community is really helping each other right like i'm hearing not hearing any nonsense, right? Like I'm hearing all good things like this business helping that person or, hey, let's jump on a phone call and figure this out together. So they're not competing with each other. They're embracing each other to get us all through this. I think, and I, I said this on another podcast, I would say, and, and this is going to lead to my question, 90% of the people in this city, businesses, residents have been so amazing during this pandemic. But there's there has been 10% <laughs> that's been like almost monstrous, just like 
like, I don't know if they've lost it or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happened, but there is about 10% that is just either lost it or this was always who they are. And I, I didn't quite know it at the time. So I say all of that to say, are you getting complaints about, do you get, do people complain at all about the, um, the music and the noise? Uh, you know what? I'm always an optimist, but I live in a world of reality. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, only one complaint and I just heard it from another neighbor and you know, apparently uh, I couldn't even hear them that they were a little frustrated. Uh, but that only happened once. Uh, the building has been absolutely embracing it. Right. Um, and now and not just your building, I mean the entire town. So Eileen Chapman, who's on the council was out when, what, what, I'm getting my days confused, was out Sunday. Um, she was sitting out in front of your building in her car, safely distancing, watching it. Like, you know, m- many of us are, are, are coming out to check it out. It's Although, if, you know, just words to the wise of people coming out and checking it out, you have to keep a social distance. Correct. We prefer, I go live on my Facebook. We prefer people watch it virtually. Right. If you are going to come out, you want to make sure you're keeping, you know, follow all the CDC guidelines. Like, we want to keep everybody safe, right? Like, it's something to look forward to. And there is... If a few people show up in person, which we're not encouraging, um, they've all been keeping a safe distance. Like from floor 13, I see the entire scan of the perimeter, and there's been no issues, thankfully, whatsoever. Um, the only people that were together arrived together, so they've already been within each other's circles. Um, so it's, uh, it's we don't want to attract the crowd, but at the same time, like, it's nice seeing how much it's in, the town is embracing it. It truly is. And honest, when I uh, – when I put the music on within a minute or two, like the best part is seeing like the families dancing with their kids, right? Like there's a family on floor 14, maybe two apartments over from me. And they're like, uh, not only are they up their lighting game, but they're like holding the kids up in the air and dancing and everybody's like, <laughs> just they're going wild. Right. It just gives them something to look forward to. And you know what? I'm not doing this for me, but then, then it keeps me going as well. So then it's like, Oh my God, like you're part of this like little community movement. And then you see like, all the other balconies start to spill out with people. Like it's, it's pretty neat how like after about halfway through the first song, everybody's like, Oh wow, it must be Sunday night or Wednesday night. Let's get out there and have some fun. Amy, I was just thinking we should, uh, you know, I don't go over cause it's social distancing. You know, I, I don't want to go stand outside and cause a problem, but we should, uh, we should roll our, our computers out onto the porch when, when Frank's live streaming on Facebook and, you know, do expand it to the whole town. You know, no, we should broadcast totally it from our porch. I mean, Amy lives on the corner. Although on, on my street, I'd be broadcasting to the one guy who lives across the street. There's no one else on my. And, <laughs> and then that same guy's gonna call me and complain about you broadcasting on a street. Yeah, this is like this asshole across the street. <laughs> but so what? But do, do you guys feel like just a little bit like when you move to a town of Asbury Park that's built around music? I feel it's almost like in our culture, we kind of like even if you're not a music lover or it's not deeply rooted within you. You should be accepting out of if you're moving here, just because like when you one hundred percent, I get some noise complaints that make sense. Like it can't be three o'clock in the morning and chaos going on, right? But if it's ten o'clock on a Saturday night, like let's just enjoy it, right? Like it's kind of like if you move on Main Street, like and there's a club or House of Independence below you, you're gonna hear some music. Like let's embrace it. Like it doesn't to me, it makes no sense. Like you know that you're not moving into like a quiet suburb. You're moving into like a creative, artistic town founded on music. So I. You know, you always want to value everybody's concerns and maybe it's something that, you know, we didn't know about, but at the same time, like it's Asbury, we're here, like it's music, let's enjoy it together, you know? Yeah, well, 10% of the population utterly and completely vehemently disagrees with you, Frank. Yeah, I, I believe them. We still love them. I don't know, like there's a oh, picture yeah. from um, 
I think it was like World War II where like a service member is like carrying a donkey on his back to go through like a minefield. I just saw that. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, listen, we got to lift up that 10% also because otherwise they're going to cause all the chaos. Right. So it's yeah. the same expression of love because it's like, totally. if you just let them go wild all over the place. Like it's going to cause chaos for all of us. So the ones that might be less informed or taking it less seriously or having high anxiety, it's all the more reason for like more compassion um, so you have to acknowledge it. And my whole thing is like, just gather information. They might have like a real reason. Like it might be something very serious that we don't know about or something that it's like, ah, you know, you could, you could just live with this music. That's really not that big of a deal. Like, so it's all gathering info, but we got to kind of protect them quite a bit as well, because they're the ones that can affect us as well. If they're not, uh, looking out for one another also. All right. Well, that's that's a great outlook. I mean, really, it, it, you, it's easy to get mad at the people who are right but perhaps there's something going on there uh too right it's all gathered amy amy i I feel like spoken from two guys who didn't spend two hours on the phone with people screaming about something today i think amy your perspective is different no one calls me to scream at me all day for um um although i have a guy from colorado i'll tell you later i don't know what that is Well, I will tell you, nobody has called yet to complain to me about Monroe Towers. So awesome. take that at, at, in, in whatever vein that that is. But nobody has yet called me to complain about that. So kudos yeah. to you. Right. And listen, one of the reasons we have to keep this at 45-ish minutes is because my son comes home. Okay. So Frank, Frank's got to set up his DJ set. Like, it's almost time. It's almost I know, time. I know. But I got <laughs> to ask you, Frank. So sure. you've been coming to Asbury for, for, for some time. Favorite place that is now gone. Oh, favorite place that's now gone, like, uh, gosh, I, I mentioned it before, like, the Fastlane is just a great place to see a show, like, uh, yeah. that was near and dear to my heart, I love, I saw one of my favorite shows there, a band called La Tigra, um, and I saw oh, wow. the Fastlane, and it yeah. blew my mind, top, like, probably top three shows of life, um, you know what, you, you love New Asbury, you miss old Asbury, and you kind of have to, like, combine the cultures in your head and, and shift them to, like, fond memories, and also, they're the reason why we're here today. So if those places didn't go away, we might not have what we have today and whatever we can keep working in harmony. Awesome. But those, yeah, it's, there's so many places we lost here that we wish would come back, but at the same time, it creates so much new opportunity for growth in the, in the town as well. You know, my mind vacillates a lot. Like there used to be this place called Insano on Main Street that was short-lived, but it had really good food. Okay. Um, and Goodfellas, I think is probably in my top, five mel did goodfellas next to um what is now taka do you know does anyone remember goodfellas i remember insano but not goodfellas maybe i'm saying the name wrong no no i i i had come down i wasn't living in asbury at the time i'd come down to have dinner at insano's i so i didn't know anything inland so this is i don't know it's going back 15 years or more yeah yeah no insano was like one of the very first restaurants and also i'm gonna give a shout out to marilyn for market in the middle because uh, yeah, you, that was a great had, too, yeah. it was market in the middle and brick wall for years. It, that, that was restaurant row, <laughs> whether you went to market in the middle or you went to brick wall. Okay. So Frank, we're going to ask you a couple of other questions about favorite movies and stuff like that. And the reason we ask these questions is this podcast was originated on um, trying to get uh, people uh, up to speed on how city government worked and also to humanize some of our city employees. So prior to the COVID stuff, we had at least once a month, a city employee, our fire chief, our 
just city employees. We, we had city employees always on top. Well, uh, yeah, the, the king of the sewage plant. Which is, I have to say, Rudy is a riveting podcast. You know, Asbury has its own sewer plant, which is also, mm. you know, unheard of that we have own and run our own sewer plant. So there you go. There's your, uh, <laughs> there, and there's a whole podcast on it. That's actually relatively interesting. <laughs> Check that out. Um, okay. So uh, favorite movie. Uh, one of my favorite movies from 2014. It's a movie that not everybody's heard of. It's called Boyhood. Have any of you ever heard of this movie? Of course. It's a little lesbian. Uh, yeah, we saw it. Really? Or no, am I thinking in the wrong movie? <laughs> I'm thinking in the wrong movie. No, I saw it. I saw it at the showroom. Boyhood. It's a, it's a little care? girl who who's it, it's it's a little girl who feels like a boy. No. Um, different, boyhood different is. Um, I'll check that out though. Once you get the actual name, I'll check. That out. <laughs> no, released in 2014 what was so unique about it it was filmed across 12 years with the same actors so you see them when they're eight and mm -hmm. when they're 20 so my big takeaway from that movie is so much of who we are is ingrained at such a young age whether it be genetics or environment or a combination so when you see like how they react at eight years old and then at 20 years old, it's identical. Same mannerisms, same responses, same anxieties, um, same joys. And it was just, this movie was filmed across 12 years. So you actually see these actors and people in a role grow up. But there's just a lot of big takeaways about just how we just function as human beings. And how some of us, you know, create our own path and some of us just fall into a path that's made for us. Yeah, that was a great. I I I I like that movie. We saw it at. Um, I believe it was at the showroom at the time. Yeah, I think. Like so I think I saw. I, now I'm. Did we see that together, I totally Amy? I feel like we did see it together. <laughs> Although you know, sometimes when we go to the movies, I fall asleep, Joe. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was with Patricia Hawk and uh, Pat I'm sorry, Ethan Hawk and Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette. Yep. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, great idea. So now I'm trying to look up the movie that I'm thinking of, which has a similar name. Who's from the direct? Well, maybe you remember Joe. So the director. Uh, of a portrait on fire um did a movie oh, now it's gonna bother me joe can go into the other ones for two seconds while i try to find who, who what sure a, a, movie uh, with a similar name which is a which illustrates a little girl who feels like a little boy throughout the movie it's a foreign film which i didn't see brilliant. so so frank the other question we always ask is favorite book uh, am I allowed to curse or is that? Yeah. Okay. Spotify hit us with a, with an explicit language. Uh, right. podcast Make sure one, we so. get like uh, Spotify, like MA for this one. <laughs> um, no, there's a book by uh, it's, it's by John Cam. It's called, I used to be a miserable fuck. And died. Uh, he's a therapist and he went through a divorce and my, yeah. and it just, it's spoken from a therapist, but out of compassion and yeah. Uh, and uh, one of my big takeaways, and it's just a quote that uh, I sum up, it's, uh, we should always love those that we have loved. So no matter what people's histories are, their past, or how crazy things might have erupted and fallen apart, it's okay if they don't fall back together, but we should always love and support those that we have loved. And uh, I discovered um, John Kim, who's the author, through uh, one of my just people I just I admire, this, this gentleman, uh, Pete Dominic used to have a show on Sirius XM on the Insight Channel. He ran that channel for about 10 years, I believe. Uh -huh. He had a three-hour show, got laid off uh, in October, and then started his own podcast. I highly recommend everybody check it out. It's uh, Stand Up with Pete Dominic. You sign up through Patreon, and it's also on Spotify. And this guy just gets it. Like He surrounds himself with people smarter than him so we can all learn from it. And it's always intelligent discussion. And just like, I honestly, like, for about 17 years, I didn't read a single book. Like I was just 
life took over, poor retention, you name it. And I've got some mentors, one of which is Joe Oz. Like he's like a local real estate agent in Asbury uh-huh. Park. Uh, he's one of my mentors. My buddy Rob's one of my mentors. And Pete Dominic, he doesn't know me, but he's one of my mentors as well because <laughs> he connects with such like these smart people and you just absorb and you listen. He got all these talented authors on there. I'm like, I got to read again. So between Joe and Pete, like I read several books a year now and I didn't read one for 17 years. So I just, I just love constant education and learning and also understanding other people's perspectives. Well, that's right. I love the title of that book. It used to be a miserable fuck that the, and like the subtitle is um, great too. It, uh, but I will okay. say this. It's so important about this book. You don't need to be miserable to enjoy it. You could be at your happiest or your lowest moment. Um, it's truly about life navigation and how everything connects together and how we should always all look out for each other. So it's okay, so I just have to make one point. 2011, I was thinking of a, of a movie called Tomboy, so I'm not totally... Oh, honest. yeah, I remember it's that a movie. French film of a, it, it's, it's a brilliant French film from the woman who did Portrait of a Lady on Fire, which was also brilliant. Okay. Um, and the reason I make the joke with Joe is this podcast started, I kid you not. I went, me and my wife went to our friend Christina Banyan, who owns um, Pucker and uh, Tony Sausage. Oh, nice. She was having her 40th birthday at Watermark with an open bar was a terrible idea so we got drink and then met reed and joe at taka (laughs) well no we went to see a movie which we slept through and then (laughs) i certainly slept through it i don't know if anybody else did i slept through the movie because i had drank too many fancy cocktails at watermark (laughs) and then we went to taka to have dinner and i guess there i was like let's do a podcast I, i i it's all a bit of a blur but that's like legit how this podcast started. I love that. Yeah. Like two weeks later. Yeah. Uh, Make what you will of that. I then later was banned from drinking on this podcast by Joe. Yes. Because (laughs) I was saying crazy shit. But during the pandemic, I'm allowed to have a glass of wine. Yeah. Yeah, We're okay now. Yeah. The rules are off. (laughs) Um, And what are you watching, Frank? What series are you watching? What's your favorite series? Oh gosh, like I barely watch any TV. Like if I'm watching a TV show, it's uh there's a show Even called during the pandemic you're not watching TV? You'd be shocked. Like right now like we're not busy with an increase of business. Like business is down quite a bit right now, but we're way busy with logistics and mm-hmm. compliance. Like we're still providing essential real estate services, so it's a lot of navigation of making sure we're all staying safe, like coordinating things like homeowners can't be home. Uh, we can't have conversations with the photographers. And so we're managing like a lot of logistics. So my TV time has been almost nil. I used to love and I'll watch again a show called The Profit by Marcus Lemonis. Like he always highlights and invests in small businesses. And behind me, that light fixture, he did an hour episode on this on this um, company called Stan- uh, Hangout Lighting. Uh, and, you know, just like a cool family company. I just, I love watching shows that I can learn from. Like I'll put on like, a baking show to, to like make me smile and pass time. Like I can't watch anything. as anything bad happening. If I'm being honest with you, I can only watch happy things. So I don't watch any like action adventure stuff. I, when I was in my twenties all day, like I can't even watch like a mild horror film now, like uh, I'll have nightmares <laughs> and it's just not going to work. So I just watch calm, relaxing things or a ton of business shows just, just to learn and not business about investing. Like I like, uh, like Marcus's famous line is people, process product starts with your people have a good process and then comes your product but like your people is that's that's the core for everything well one um i just watched last night speaking of like not watching heavy stuff so i watched fucking a secret life 
which was a documentary on two lesbians who'd been together 65 and a half, half years. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Then, you know, get old and have to... Oh, it was horrendous. It was so, I mean, it was a beautiful documentary, but it was so gut-wrenchingly sad. And of course, somebody dies. I'm never watching oh, that. Oh, so Heather's <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, are we watching this? Are we watching it? She's like, I don't know that I want to watch it. Why don't you watch it? And then it's like 12 o'clock. She went to bed and I'm like, the best decision you ever made was not watching this documentary because I'm bawling and horrified at how we treat older people in... Like, you know, anyway, well, I, I should be doing what you're doing, Frank, and just watching, you know, shows of bubblegum and ice cream. And for whatever reason, I'm fucking not. I don't ignore the reality, though. It's very important. Like, I, like I'll watch something heavy like that. Like, I'll arm myself with documentaries that, like, aren't scripted. Like, I want to learn what's really going on um, with, with, you know, everybody, like, in our, in our community. Like, and it all, like... Unless you want to cry for two hours, do not watch this fucking documentary. I'm okay with it. I've sobbed through many movies. Like, I, you know what? I cry the most, actually, during movies, if I'm being very, very honest. Right now, like, sometimes it just gets me. Um, uh, but, no, like, something like that I would love to watch because I, I can learn from it. And it's also about, like, I love, like, what makes people think or react or not react or just absorb something emotionally. And I love to see, like success even if like there's not a good ending but like what was the success what did they learn from it because of that happening so they could like manage it better in their life like whatever it may be i look at everything of course not the pandemic but as an opportunity so the pandemic's out of my control so i'm supporting what i can control and then for the other 14 hours in the day i'm learning i'm taking constant courses i'm just educating myself because it's going to be a temporary new world. Some things are going to have longevity. Some things are going to be temporary. So I'm noticing the most success are the ones that are adapting and pivoting for now, but preparing for the future. A lot of people are treating this like a long snow day. Um, and, and, you know, we're, we're doing the opposite. It's, it's so important to come out of this stronger. And the most important thing is staying healthy, right? Money, nothing else will truly matter at the end of the day if you're not alive to appreciate and enjoy everybody around. So like, our top priority is staying well, keeping everybody around us safe. And the most dangerous place I'm in is the grocery store. So I know people are in a lot, lot worse situation than me. And we want to make sure they're okay as well, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I think right. Wrap this up. A- what do you got, Joe? Oh, last question. Where are you taking classes? Are you like taking Coursera or just like LinkedIn learning? You know, just- oh, let, me, let me give you the website, uh, YouTube. Uh, no, oh, just, uh, <laughs> I'm just YouTubing everything. So for okay. me, it's like, we're in a service industry, so I'm learning from like other real estate photography companies. Uh, right. the mo- the, most of it's honestly not online learning. Most of it is me connecting with other business leaders around the country in different markets because we're not competition for each other. So we just help each other grow. So most of my education is coming from my peers, which is the best part. So I've got amazing people like in Austin, San Francisco, Atlanta. We just have constant conversations to learn from each other. Uh, we're not competing. And even if we were, like competitors are okay, but it's just this cool thing that the really like higher level ones are doing where it's like, Hey, they've got 20 years of research. I've got 20 years of research. Let's combine that together and make all of our businesses stronger. So almost all my education has been from my peers, which is awesome. That's a great, okay. that's, a, that's great. A great advice for people. Yeah. Um, and we want to give a shout out to Ming and shared universe for continuing to help us with this podcast. Thank you. And we're going to, we're going to kill it because my son is going to be barreling through the door in a few minutes. Thank you guys, Frank. It takes us like a couple of days to do an intro and edit. And then we only do it on Instagram because I get so much grief on Facebook. Yeah. Don't sweat. It. It's all good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, Frank, thanks, right? 
I mean, I think it's a, a great thing. It's just been a very eye-opening, interesting conversation. So, no, thank you guys. I appreciate everything. You guys are all awesome to me in real life, and I look forward to having some <laughs> with you guys when we're all out of here. All right, later, yeah, right. later. We'll meet in real life at some point. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> I'm not going to sleep for several months when this is all done. We got a lot. We got a lot to make up for. And we got a lot of local business to, to support. Hey, right. thanks, shared universe. Thank you, guys. All right, thanks, Megan. Thanks, Christian. Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming.